I wonder how much you know about your family tree. And I wonder how many generations of your family you remember, either because you knew them well or because you met them somewhere along the way. I know quite a lot about my father's side of the family, but much less about my mother's. That may have been partly because my maternal grandmother lived 300 miles away, so we saw much less of her. She was widowed when my mother was young, and she never spoke of having any brothers or sisters, so I assumed she didn't have any. I clearly didn't have the wit to ask, or I should know rather more about them. But with my father's family, it was a completely different story. For most of my childhood, we lived next door to my grandparents, which from my parents' point of view was probably a mixed blessing, but I loved it. And their generation wasn't small at all. My grandmother came from a family of seven children, and granddad was one of nine. They all lived fairly locally, so there was family everywhere, and I got to know them quite well. I have a very clear memory of my great-grandfather, and I knew all my great-aunts and uncles. When my father died, we gathered to pool our memories to be shared at his funeral. And one of the things we said about him was that he had a very strong sense of family, which he did, and it's something that he's passed on to me. For me, family is really important. And my absolute favorite thing is to have our whole brood gathered around the table for a, t a meal. It gets more difficult to organize as our grandchildren grow up and have lives of their own, but we do it when we can. I suspect they think I'm a bit sad, but we do it anyway. But I think for this family sense to really work properly, we have to look in both directions at once. We have to look backwards and forwards, back to the people and circumstances who made us who we are, and forwards to the way in which we might influence those who follow us. Many of you are probably familiar with the famous opening line of L.P. Hartley's The Go-Between, which reminds us that the past is a different country. They do things differently there. And there's so much truth in that, isn't there, as we have found over the last few weeks. But it's not always helpful only to be harking back to the past. The past and our history is really important, but it is just a means of getting to where we are now. And it's not the end of the story. So for all sorts of reasons, I think we need to look in both directions. We need to be able to look back and to look forwards. I think the people who wrote the Psalms are very good at that. The Psalms are the songbook of the Old Testament. And the people who wrote them often begin by remembering what God has done for them in the past even while they struggle with what's going on in the present, and certainly as they wonder what the future might look like. Psalm 78, part of which Pippi just read to us, talks about a God who acts and speaks. It talks about God's deeds and his commands. Later on, it reminds us that he has always shepherded his people and always looked after them. We need to remind ourselves, I think, that in Old Testament times, as in many cultures today, there was a very strong oral tradition. 
there was a huge emphasis on telling the story. People committed their stories to memory, the details of their lives. They memorized them and they passed them on by word of mouth. And they communicated the story of their faith in the same way. People passed on what they knew, what they had learnt about God by telling other people about it. Writing things down came much later. That 70 odd verses, Psalm 78, is the second longest psalm after Psalm 119. And someone has observed that the whole psalm takes us on a long ramble through Israel's history. And it is a ramble because it doesn't go straight through the story from A to B. It meanders backwards and forwards through almost five centuries. It doubles back on itself every now and then. It stops to look at something. And then eventually it sets off on the home straight. But it is much more than just a ramble through history. For the psalmist, as for us, things often seem much clearer with hindsight than they do at the time. So he goes back to the things which now seem to him to be important. He speaks of hidden things, of parables, so beloved of Jesus when he was teaching. And the psalmist says that looking back helps us to see more clearly. It gives us something good, something positive, and something hopeful for the future. And those opening verses are an invitation, an invitation to listen and an invitation to learn. Listen to some of those words again. I will utter what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. The psalmist knows what he's learned from his parents and teachers, and he knows also that he is expected to pass it on to the next generation, including his own children. Because how else will they know? How else will they know what God has done for them in the past? And how else will they have hope for what God might do in the future? A few verses further on, we hear these words. God commanded our forefathers to teach our children so that the next generation would know, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. It's a cycle rolling through history, rolling through time. And when we read the Old Testament, we get the message that God expects us to pass on the news of what he has done. Over and over, we read about God's dealings with his people. We read about the times when the Israelites were down and out, when things were dire, when they had blown it and just made a mess of things. But for each one of those times, there are also stories of redemption. There are stories of hope. And we are reminded that one person plus God is a majority. So the story of God's people has passed down through the generations 
and now it's our turn. It's a challenge for us all, I think. Parents and teachers, grandparents and parents alike. It's no secret that I am a great fan of the Good News Bible, not least because of Annie Valaton's wonderful line drawings. With a few strokes of the pen, she manages somehow to capture very eloquently the heart of what the words are saying to us. One of my favourite passages and favourite pictures is in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's on this same subject, and it says this. Fix my words in your hearts and minds. Remember these commands and cherish them. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Put like that, it all sounds so easy, doesn't it? So natural. What could be simpler than talking about God as we walk along the road together? Perhaps out on our daily permitted exercise or trying to get our step count up to where it should be. Talking about God is supposed to come naturally to us and it really doesn't have to be complicated. There's a very old children's song from long before my time, which urges us to count our blessings and name them one by one. That seems as good a place as any to start. The Jews were good at counting their blessings, and they also laid great store by remembering. Traditionally, at the meal which Jewish families share on the eve of every Sabbath, the youngest child there asks the question, why is this diff night different from all other nights? And the oldest person there, usually father or grandfather, answers the question by retelling the story of how God saved his people from slavery in Egypt, how he led them across the Red Sea, how he led them through the wilderness until they reached the promised land. That story of God still needs to be passed on from one generation to the next and the next. All the way through, it's a story of redemption and it's a story worth telling. Perhaps especially at the moment, when there is so much uncertainty all around us and when many people are very fearful about the future. As people who believe in God, we have a wonderful and encouraging story to tell. A story of hope to pass on, not just to the next generation, but to the people all around us. About hope for a better future. About hope which above all, is seen in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's Son. As we go out into a new week, perhaps this can be our challenge. To pass on the good news about our family tree, which goes way back to the Psalms and even beyond that. Why? Well, Psalm 78 again. We do it so that they will put their trust in God and will not forget his deeds, but will keep his commands. Everyone loves stories, and we have a wonderful story to tell. Who shall we share it with this week? <laughs>